0: Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Kansas City, Missouri is Matt Reed. Matt is General Counsel and Chief Compliance Officer at Bradkin. First, Matt, thank you for taking the time out of your day to talk to us. No problem. Happy to do it. Well, very happy to have you because this is going to be a little bit Different of a podcast because we're going to be leveraging uh, your interesting experience. Um, you spent a lot of years in the Army JAG Corps, and you know I'm curious, how did you end up there? What was it like to be an Army JAG, and what was the work that you did?
1: Yeah, so uh, I started my military career out in ROTC at, at Oregon State University. Uh, initially, had no intention of of ever becoming a An army jag The thought had never crossed my mind uh no desire to go to law school Uh, i actually thought that i was going to be an army pilot a helicopter pilot or potentially a tanker uh something along those lines took one course in in, at oregon state on constitutional law i fell in love with the law and decided that's what i wanted to do applied for something that the army calls an educational delay uh, which allowed me to go to law school uh, post undergraduate uh, and, and delay my active duty service. Um, so went got the law degree, passed the bar, and then went into the army as a, as a judge advocate. Uh, I spent about 12 years on, on active duty and then a number more in the reserves. The, the roles that I, that I held uh, ranged everywhere from uh, being the attorney for the, the military units uh, in Egypt, based out of the embassy, uh, was a prosecutor in Germany, a defense attorney near the Pentagon. I've worked with uh, victims of sexual assault in the military and uh, deployed to I- Iraq for some time. Uh, but the types of roles that you do as an Army JAG are, are really broad. They have this belief that all JAGs should be uh, broadly skilled. Uh, so they want to be able to drop you and plug and play you in, in any sort of role at any time. Uh, so in Egypt, I was focused mostly on what we would consider traditional compliance roles. Um, Lots of when working with with spending, uh, the federal, uh, the the FAR, uh, Army's ethics programs, gifts and entertainment, those type of items. A lot of that in Iraq, too, mixed in with anti-terrorism. And then those sort of traditional criminal law rules that you see, uh, so prosecuting cases and defending cases.
0: It was fascinating, and what interested me as I looked through your past experiences, what you touched upon, is that the job had a surprising amount of ethics and compliance responsibility. Can you give us a quick walkthrough of some of the work you did in this area?
1: Sure. So what a lot of people don't understand, including Army JAGs, is that the Army JAG Corps runs the Army's compliance program, uh, almost completely responsible for it. Uh, The reason why Army JAGs don't necessarily know that is because we don't call it uh, compliance in the military. It's it's called administrative law. Uh, Administrative law lawyers do everything from export controls. Uh, So, for instance, when I was in Egypt, I was solely responsible for ensuring all the money that the U.S. government was providing to Egypt uh, was used appropriately, and we weren't importing or exporting any, any items that the Egyptians weren't allowed to have. Uh, or that if the Egyptians wanted to transfer those products to somebody else, that it that it wasn't going to a, a country or an entity that was barred from from having those those U.S. created items. In uh, almost every single role that I had, I was responsible for the conflict of interest program uh, for our higher ranking uh, military officers who who might have owned stock in certain companies, of so Boeing, for instance. And uh, when we were in Egypt, uh, kind of. Working on what products were going to be sold to the Egyptian military and we had to make sure that the the officers that we had working on that didn't have any Boeing stock uh, Or Northrop Grumman or anything along those lines and plus our our Military officers are constantly being offered offered gifts Uh, You know most of the time that's that's on the up-and-up. It's somebody wanting to say thank you for some work that we've done uh but you know, there's strict limits into what they can accept and, and where that money can come from. So we, we help those those people determine on, on what they can accept there. So uh you know, we have a a pretty robust gifts and entertainment policy in in the military, um and in the federal government in general. That that can be pretty confusing and pretty in depth. Um so so we help help those folks out. We uh I dealt a lot with with post-military employment, uh, helping high-ranking military officers determine where they can work and where they can't, you know, and how long they might have to wait and what type of military contracts they can work on when they leave. Uh, So basically, anything that you can think of that's done in the civilian environment in compliance, um, JAG officers have done, and specifically, you know, I
0: I had done those as well. Yeah, it sounds like it, and, and a lot more. Now, after separating from the military, you became a compliance officer in the civilian world. What surprised you about the differences between the two?
1: So I, I would say that the first thing that surprised me was the similarity, uh, how much the military was doing that, that our corporations are doing as well. Uh, but the, the biggest thing that surprised me about the difference was actually the compliance officers and compliance professionals in the civilian world, particularly at the larger more established companies, uh, especially those in healthcare, is the power that the compliance officer has. Uh, in, in the military, things are driven by the commander. Uh, lawyers are advisors. Compliance professionals are advisors. Uh, we can't tell the the commander what to do. Uh, it's our job to convince them to do the right thing. Uh, as a compliance officer, especially in the healthcare industry, uh, I was shocked at my ability to say no. Uh, and the and the power that that has, uh, so I'm kind of learning to to wield that appropriately, and to know that when you what you say goes and um, folks are are going to follow that, uh, in in a broad sense, um, was quite a
0: change. Yeah, I can imagine because again, it, it's one of those things where it makes you want to pick and choose battles uh, more carefully and and watch what you say. I would imagine now. If you could pick one thing you learned from your military career to share with compliance professionals, what would it be
1: well it's I would say it's exactly that right it's that you're you're a partner and not a police officer, and you have to save your nose for when you when you really need to draw the line uh Jag officers are particularly adept at working with their commanders to find creative solutions um and to to do what I always said is is Almost never say no, it's the yes, but, or yes, but have you thought about, uh, and then completely taking them in another direction, right? So um, people in charge, people with authority and power don't like to hear no, uh, so what you really need to do is, is find that answer that lets them accomplish what their mission is uh, while still falling w- within lines of the law, procedures, policies, and regulations, right? So uh what happens is if you just continuously say no is they stop asking right so uh what i I want to make clear i'm not advocating for you know saying yes when when it shouldn't be a yes but what i am advocating for is instead of just saying no helping that that executive or that stakeholder find a way to accomplish what they're trying to accomplish while staying within the the regulations and policies becoming that partner uh, is so much more important than becoming um, the police officer or you know what some people will refer to as a sales prevention department there's almost always a way to get there uh, you just have to have to be knowledgeable enough and an understanding of, of what the rest of your business is trying to do in order to, to be that partner uh, and what i have found is, is unfortunately in the compliance world that's a rarity um, and i've had to rebuild trust in compliance with executives that i've worked with letting them know that you know, I'm here to be your partner, I'm not here to be antagonistic or, or a problem. Uh, so I, I think that that's a, a great area that, that's missing with our compliance officers in, in the business right now.
0: Well, it's certainly something that I think uh, a lot of people would say they found themselves, you know, not intentionally caught up in and, you know, certainly from the business perspective, that's often the, the case. now. There are a few JAG officers that I've met through the years who made it into compliance, but not a lot, actually. Why don't you think more make it into the corporate world in compliance? Is it a factor of their preferences or do they tend to get overlooked?
1: Well, I'll say that right now uh, there are a lot of assets out there and a lot of resources being invested in military recruiting. When I say military, I mean companies recruiting uh, veterans Uh, in people from the military and that's a great thing Uh, but those resources are not targeted at army lawyers right so we're sort of an an odd duck out there uh, with nobody looking to help army lawyers find jobs in in the civilian market Uh, and I I think that there's a number of reasons for that Uh, number one is that you know what Jags offer are generally the ability to be nimble, uh, pick up things quickly, um, provide leadership skills that that other attorneys haven't had the opportunity to grow with. Um, but corporations tend you know, tend not to be looking for generalists in their legal in their in their legal offices. What they're looking for is somebody who has some specific experience. And a lot of times, a lot of very specific experience.
0: Uh,
1: and I, I wish that I could I could convince companies that that's not necessarily the best thing, right? Experience is experience, but it can be bad, right? So just because you've done something for a long time doesn't mean you're doing it well. Uh, so I, I would really encourage companies and uh, corporations out there to kind of take a look at what Jags can offer, uh, and their ability to be to be so nimble and 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 pick up things and run with it. Uh, they tend not to say no, right? So that's uh, uh, or no to different tasks and different jobs. So they're they're great to have on your team as as a Swiss Army knife, and their ability to learn is great. Uh, also, they're they're told that they can't do it, right? They're told, like, you know, when they're looking to get out that they want to go look for jobs in the civilian market. Um, they're often just told that companies aren't looking for you, right? They're they're not looking for people with your kind of experience your only option is to go into the government, uh, which is what a lot of them wind up doing, unfortunately. Uh, it's great news for the government, uh, bad news for the the corporations out there that could really be using this, this type of help. help. Um, and I, I think that probably the single biggest issue, though, is that uh, while attorneys get out of law school and then they go and they have their first jobs and they're building these networks uh, at different companies and in different law firms in different fields, uh, they, they they end up with these great networks where they can find their next job and their their next position army jags aren't doing that right they're out in iraq you know fighting wars they're in afghanistan they're
0: they're in germany
1: in egypt and their entire network becomes military only so they don't have that capability of of calling on somebody uh, to say hey you know what do you think about me doing this what do you think about me doing that um, so that 10 years or however long they've been on active duty uh, is time Uh, Wasted in the sense of building a network. It's certainly not time wasted, uh, but it's as most people out there now know going to a website and applying for a job is is, effective probably less than 5% of the time most most jobs are 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 found through through networks and military officers in general and JAG specifically. They don't have those
0: Fascinating well I really enjoyed this conversation, Matt. Uh, I wanna thank you for your service. Thank you for sharing these insights. I wanna thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletaub from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.